Hey, welcome to BIV Today. I'm Tyler Orton. So earlier this month, we saw an acquisition deal close between Japanese multinational Canon and BC semiconductor manufacturer Redland Technologies. Now, this deal values Redland at about $400 million, so it's a pretty good return on investment for the company's largest shareholder, that is Vancouver-based Pangea Ventures. So with us to talk about this current era of investing, especially investments in what are known as you know advanced materials, it is Chris Erickson. He's a general partner at Pangea. Chris, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Tyler, great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So years and years ago, uh, when you took a look at Redland, um, why was it an intriguing investment at the time, even if they may have been up against uh, some uh, financial strains uh, at that point in their history? Sure. Yeah, good question. We invested in 2014. Uh, the company had been around for uh, over 10 years by that point, and made great progress on their uh, semiconductor technology, uh, <clears throat> focused primarily on security and solar at that time, but they had started to work in the medical field. And they had one um, marquee customer and a um, couple products in, in that space. And we came to the determination that what they were doing in the medical space, uh, particularly for CT imaging, was groundbreaking. And you know, if they were able to execute and continue to develop, it would be a um, highly valued company. I spoke to CEO uh, Glenn uh, Bindley, and he was talking to me about kind of the difference in CT technology. It'll take you from like maybe having a one megapixel photo that's in black and white. And this technology, it's kind of the equivalent of going full color at, at 10 megapixels. Is that kind of an accurate description? Yeah, I think so. It gives the doctors uh, much better images uh, of patients, uh, can produce much better patient outcomes, uh, see color and, you know, see, see things in the body they can't currently see, while at the same time, reducing the amount of radiation that goes through the body by, you know, roughly seven, you know, 50 to 75%, depending on how, you know, um, how they crank it up. You know, I usually think of Canon as making cameras, but they have been diversifying in recent years. Um, when they came on as a strategic investor, was this kind of before or after your involvement with Redland? And the reason I ask is because I, I'm kind of curious about uh, what your thoughts are on Canon moving in and, and kind of recognizing what Redland can do. Sure. Yeah. Canon came in, I think it was 2018. So a few years after we first invested in uh, they had been working with Redland for a while, uh, testing their um, equipment and doing some joint development uh, work with them. So they knew the technology well, and they came into a financing uh, in about 2018, and we participated as well in that financing, which was um, you know, a higher value than obviously when we first invested in 2014, that company was already making good progress on the medical side by that point. So obviously, you know, Canon is acquiring Redlin. Um, it, how do you feel about the, the ROI that you guys made uh, all those years ago at this point? Uh, uh, the return is, is fantastic. Uh, you know, we, we usually think of uh, return on investment in, you know, like how many multiples of, of return we got. And 
at this value, which you know it's it's valued in U.S. dollars, three hundred thirty-five U.S., which, as you pointed out, is over four hundred Canadian. Uh, it's twenty times uh, the value when we first invested, and because we did multiple rounds at successively higher valuations, the average uh, return is about ten times. Uh, what we put in to the company. So that would be considered by all uh, measures, a great uh, venture capital investment. Well, and it kind of leads me to my next question though, is what is Pangea's kind of raison d'etre? Like what are you guys focused on? I, I kind of alluded to it with advanced materials, but why is this such an important thing? Maybe kind of define that for our listeners as well. Sure. Yeah. You, we've been an expert in advanced materials since we first started about 20 years ago. And, you know, it's a sort of broad spectrum of, of things. It can be, um, you know, chemistry. It can be uh, technologies involving biology. It can be, you know, hard materials or semiconductors. You know, I kind of like to think of it as anything you can touch and feel that involves technology. So, you know, our expertise is not in software, uh, but things you can touch and feel. And you know, the reason we think it's important is, you know, these technologies are solving some of the world's most fundamental issues. And we also like to think of ourselves as impact investors. So, you know, we're looking at things that can, you know, solve climate change and improve health outcomes and improve food and, you know, and clean water in the world. Uh, you know, these are the, the big issues that we're faced with now, other than COVID. <laughs> uh, and, you know, a lot of the companies we're seeing, including Redland are helping to solve some of these problems. And I, I suspect your idea is like with a lot of the challenges that we face in society right now, we're just going to have that much more demand for some of these technologies that are being developed at this point. Yeah. You know, if you go back five, 10 years, I think a lot of people, would view impact investing as almost philanthropic. You know, you're not going to get a great return. No one's going to value it. And, and that has totally changed. Our perspective is companies that are solving these problems are going to be highly valued and generate, you know, oversized returns. You know, just think if, if, if a company was able to solve climate change, it would be worth almost an infinite amount of money right now. Uh, we've seen lots of companies that can uh, impact climate change and make it better. You know, no company yet has the silver bullet to solve it. But, you know, the, there's a lot of smart people in this world, great scientists. Uh, we continue to see new innovation. And, you know, we think that there is um, a correlation uh, in, in value between how much impact a company can have in solving these problems and what the value uh, the company is going to be in the marketplace you know, over the next five, 10 years. Well, if we jump from Redland, which is uh, based over on Vancouver Island, there's another BC-based company that I've written about in the past. Uh, it's got its start over at UBC, but Aspect Biosystems, um, they're known right. for creating uh, artificial human tissue. What are some of the applications uh, and, and why is that such an, an intriguing company for you guys to uh, put your attention on? Sure. Um <clears throat> Yeah, just quick background on that company and our involvement, and then I'll, I'll directly answer your question. So we had followed that company for about three years before we invested in, and we were the first institutional investor. They had some angel money in the company. And uh, since then, they've raised more money from, from 
some large investors. They've done, you know, another financing round and hopefully next year they'll do their third financing round. Uh, so it's, um, it's growing and, and doing quite well. So as you pointed out, they, they make, you know, human tissue, uh, they use 3d printing, uh, to, to make this tissue, uh, you know, just think, you know, person needs a new liver or a new heart. Uh, currently, the only way to do that is uh, transplant, uh, you know, from probably a person who's who's passed away. Uh, in the future, uh, human organs can be 3D printed uh, specifically for a person and, you know, inserted into the body and, and you know, you're good to go. Now that's a ways out. Um, they haven't, you know, been able to do that yet, but they're making good progress. Uh, you know, earlier applications may be helping pharmaceutical companies, you know, test new drugs on on their human tissue. So rather than you know somehow get human tissue from real people, uh, they could just buy it from from Aspect and and do their testing. Uh, but Aspect Biosystems does have programs with uh, large companies around uh, human organs. And so, you know, they're making great progress. And, you know, so the impact will be on, you know, improving health for, for humans. Well, I got to ask this because we're in kind of a new era of, well, the world, you know, the pandemic has brought on so many challenges, but I, I've spoken to other folks. Um, one company uh, was just sold off for a, a hefty sum and they said that they did all of the discussions, uh, the negotiations uh, over Zoom, and that just probably would not have happened uh, pre-pandemic. What is this new era of investing like for you as you're trying to get a to know a lot of these companies and maybe borders are restricting things or it's just less convenient right. to get on that flight. You know, I'd say in Q2 and, you know, Q3 of last year, we were, you know, concerned about, you know, not being able to fly and, and meet people face to face. But, you know, we've been able to adapt and, and, you know, we have made investments in companies without actually meeting uh, the team in person. So, you know, that's been a big shift for us. I still think in-person meetings are, are better uh, than, than over Zoom, as probably most people do. But we've been able to adapt and continue our business um, in light of COVID. And, you know, I'm looking forward to the, the you know, the time and hopefully the near future where we can resume some more in-person meetings with, with prospective companies for investments. Uh, there will be some element of, of, you know, zooming with them, perhaps to better qualify them before, you know, in-person meetings, it'll be, I'd say maybe a hybrid approach going forward. Well, it's interesting because the, the company that I was alluding to, it was a software company and uh, you folks, uh, you're interested in kind of hardware that has that kind of tangible feel with that. Does it almost feel like that's kind of just one additional challenge that you guys have to kind of take into consideration? Yeah, perhaps. Um, you know, a lot of these companies have, you know, prototype facilities or manufacturing uh, facilities or, you know, labs, uh, you know, which would be good to see in person. Whereas, you know, software companies, you know, other than meeting the people in person, you know, their facilities really are just, a, you know, a bunch of computer screens and computers, right? So there's not a whole lot to that. Um, uh, so we have that added level of, of due diligence that, you know, we need to, to, you know, complete in some way. Yes. 
Well, yeah, I'll leave you with this question. Um, one thing that I think people are just paying a lot of attention to is just the, the big business Vancouver-based tech companies are doing. We, we've had about 10 unicorns emerge over the last 10 months. Uh, we never saw that before in the technology landscape here. Is it just investors are paying more attention to what's going on? Has Vancouver always been under the radar? Or is it more like macroeconomic issues what, that we see with kind of institutional investors and you know, low uh, interest rates, uh, open credit markets? Uh, what's your takeaway on kind of this explosion of business going on right now? Yeah, good question. And I don't have the perfect answer to it. I, you know, I do know across North America, you know, the activity has accelerated in terms of, you know, investing and exits uh, and and valuations uh, across the board. Uh, but, you know, you're probably right. It's a bit easier for, you know, the big U.S. VCs to invest in Vancouver when they're mostly doing their work over Zoom, right? Um you know, they don't need to, to to attend a board meeting now. You don't necessarily need to get on a plane. So um, they care less perhaps about how far the company is away from, you know, where they live. Whereas in the past, you'd get some uh, venture capital firms in California that were reluctant to invest across the country or up in Canada because of the travel um, requirements. Well, you know, I think a lot of these companies will be taking a, a harder look at, you know, BC. It's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds, how the pandemic has really changed kind of the tech sector as well in British Columbia in the coming years. But uh, let's keep in touch. Uh, you can keep me uh, in the know about everything that's going on. Uh, but in the meantime, Chris, I just want to thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Tyler, thank you for inviting me and hope you have a great day. Goodbye. Excellent. <laughs> Cheers. That is Chris Erickson. He is general partner at Pangea Ventures. And that is it for the show today. But you can still go to BIV.com. More stories, more interviews there as well. In the meantime, I just want to thank everyone for listening. I'm Tyler Orton.